Hello, we are back. Welcome to another episode of Onside Chicks. I am Jordan Erard Coupe. And I am Kaylee Chikoski. We had another exciting week in free agency. Things have kind of started slowing down a little bit, not as much every single second kind of craziness, but big things are still happening. So why don't you get us started and let us know some big names that you are excited to see get signed this week. Yeah. So we had a couple that we're going to save for the end of the show. We're going to do a state of the franchise segment. So that's going to include Joe Flacco with the Philadelphia Eagles. He, our elite quarterback is heading back to a new home. So that's exciting for you. I'm sure you will have a lot of thoughts. And there's a lot to say about that. I have no doubt. And then, (laughs) and then we, uh, we talked about Kenny Galladay two weeks ago, um, where he might land. He's signed with the Giants along with a ton of other people, but yeah. we will also get to that later. I'll be covering the Giants. Jordan will be covering her Philadelphia Eagles. So that'll be exciting. But, you know, the Patriots have been, you know, they went on a spending spree. It kind of tapered off. James White resigned. So mm-hmm. we'll start there. Um, eliminates any of the Buccaneers rumors that he might reunite with Tom Brady, which is fun. But, you know, New England talked to Leonard Fournette, they talked to Chris Carson, and ultimately ended up back with James White. So how do you feel about this? I, I, how do you feel about their overall kind of strategy, keeping him there, and what you can expect from him in this offense next season? Because I feel like this offense is about to look completely different. Yes, this is going to be an entirely different offense. And I think one of the main things that we have to consider is, I honestly think all of the moves that they're making is giving is giving Cam more confidence. So I think having him being in a more comfortable position, having more options, more weapons, it's going to make the entire offense flow a lot better. I think this was a very good move for them. I If they didn't go with him, I really thought Leonard Fournette was going to end up there, which would have been awesome as well. But at the end of the day, I think this is very smart. With all the other moves they made, it makes a lot of sense. And I think he is going to have a very good season. I agree with you. I, I just think it makes a ton of sense. I I don't know. I, it was tough for him last season. You know, he played in an offense that was a complete Yeah, there wasn't much there. Yeah. There, Nothing there. Cam couldn't get comfortable. The, off, the whole team itself just didn't seem comfortable. And maybe it was just because they were so used to having Brady there. And it was their adjusting period. Like, no one really knew how to act. So I think the fact now that they're making so many drastic changes, they're rebuilding an entire new team, it'll give him an opportunity to shine more than he was able to last year. Yeah, I'm excited. I mean, I, I don't know what to expect there, but I'm I'm looking forward to it. I just I think when you spend that much money and you drop that much cash in free agency after spending a decade making fun of other teams who spent big in free agency, yes. I'm just I'm pumped to see what happens to them. Um, not necessarily pumped enough to say I want them to win anything, but it, it'll be interesting. That's yeah, all I'll say they about need it. a winning record. Like they that have- is a, that that is a must. That is if they get that, I think it's worth it because we, we talked about this last week. You there, it is so rare for a team to go out on a spending spree like this and then come out and go to playoffs, win the Super Bowl. Like it just doesn't happen. But they are doing everything right in order to eventually get there, and they're doing everything right to slowly start rebuilding again. So if they can come out this season, have a winning record, start to look a little bit better, I think that is enough to make me feel comfortable about all the money that they just spent. 
Fair, fair. Who is your, what's one of your big moves this week that you've enjoyed hearing about or love to see? Yes. An exciting one for me was Philip Lindsay. Mm, I think he is so underrated. He is an absolute stud and he has not been able to shine in Denver the way that I think he actually can sign. I always get him on my fantasy team. He always does great. Like he's just one of those people that I love. And now to see him go to Houston, it is a little weird for me because we've talked about Houston and not my favorite organization right now, not my favorite place, but they are making a lot of moves. They have signed a lot of people as well. Seems like they're trying to keep Deshaun Watson there. And if he does end up staying and now you have Philip Lindsay, you have Mark Ingram. I just think these are very good components to have. And even if Deshaun Watson doesn't stay, they're doing everything right for whoever does come in because they're getting great guys that can move the ball. So to yeah. see him go there, it's like a little bittersweet. I am just happy to see him get out of Denver, though, because I do think this is going to give him an opportunity to kind of do more. And Mark Ingram is great. I love him as a person. But Philip Lindsay will outshine him. He's going to be their RB1. So that was a move I was excited about. No doubt. And I think it's interesting because... You know, Mark Ingram and Philip Lindsay, obviously they resigned David Johnson. So that they're really trying to step up their run game, which makes sense because you looked at where they were at last year and they were one of the worst in the league. So um, and this team's kind of bread and butter of their offense for so long has been like running the ball down opponents throats. And that's really where they've kind of been able to be successful in some of their more successful years. But I think you're right. I think Lindsay is going to take over that number one spot. And he really was, you know, a face of Denver's team for a couple of years while he was there. And then obviously bringing in Melvin Gordon took his shine a little bit. Um, But still, you know, he was able to be productive. He was able to show. And that was his hometown team. Like that was was the team. So like his post leaving, oh my God, it made me so emotional. And he was like, I'm so grateful for this. And I was like, he was un drafted like this guy yes. came out of nowhere and just like made a name for himself which was yeah. unbelievable to see I love him he's like one of those guys that I just think is absolutely incredible so I'm it's bittersweet but I'm excited yeah I'm super happy for I'm happy for him I want to see him really shine as an RB1 but I also I this reminds me so much having these three backs and I'm pretty sure that's not their full backfield, but that's probably what they'll take on their 53 once they start the season. Mm-hmm. But the David Johnson signing was so weird to me when it happened. And I was like, this makes absolutely no sense. But when you look at what they would have lost um, money wise, I think financially it ended up making a uh, you know, pretty good sense. And yeah. I think one of my favorite run games in the entire, the entire league is Cleveland. And I think they've really been able to establish that with two and at times three running backs. So I, I think that that's kind of what they're trying to build here in Houston is really establish a run game that kind of dominates, um, which makes sense for them, right? Because that's yeah, kind absolutely. of what they have at their disposal. Um, and then being uncertain about your quarterback situation is a really um, tough place to be. So establishing that run game, I think, will be key for them. Um, but as a, you know, quite a transition there, let's just address this um, Deshaun Watson situation. We're going to jump into people who are still on the board um, as free agents. And and one of the biggest names, obviously, coming into this season was Deshaun Watson. So, you know, take it away at a little bit of an explanation of what is happening right now, just logistically with Deshaun Watson. And then we can kind of talk a little bit about what that means for him going forward. 
Yeah. So as of right now, there is one lawyer who has filed with a lot of different women, 16 different civil suits against him, ranging from all different levels of misconduct leading up to sexual assault, um, all within 2020, um, all massage situations that have just kind of come out that we all have to take a very close look at. It started out with one two, three suits, and now we are up to 16. So this is something we have to take seriously. The NFL has officially or will officially begin their investigation looking into the situation. And this kind of just makes things, Deshaun Watson's future in the league was very uncertain to begin with. And now this kind of takes it to a way more extreme level, just because we need to make sure this is not something that we can just overlook or brush under the rug. We want to make sure it's handled correctly. We want to get all the facts and make sure everything is laid out and we can figure out where to go from there. Yeah. And I, and I want to preface this as well with um, we're going to talk about his football career and specifically 2021 because he was a big name um in the tra- one of the, the big- biggest it, yeah right? the biggest storyline so for um we're not glazing over the accusations uh right now they're obviously still in civil court so there's a lot that has to be figured out and like jordan said they're conducting an investigation and so we all just kind of have to wait and see what the results of that are but we do want to talk a little bit about, you know, what this means for his, you know, talks with other teams, other teams that might be interested. And obviously, um, it's really unlikely that this is going to be solved before the season starts or yeah. by the end of the season. To be honest with you, we've seen a lot of these things continue on um, for years, right? And so I think this really does pause a lot of the conversations as far as trades go. I think a lot of teams have to be, you know, very diligent about approaching this and the teams that were kind of not a hundred percent in on Deshaun Watson or didn't really necessarily want to give up a lot for him. Um, I think we'll just pull out. And I think the ones that are still really interested are going to try to maybe talk with him one-on-one, talk to him face-to-face, really get a read on what's going to come down the line. Obviously as fans, consumers, even analysts, I just think that there's no way to know um, unless you're really inside that situation. So I think football is going to come second to all of the legal proceedings that are going to unfold over the next few weeks and the off season and potentially into the season. But I can't imagine any team giving up significant draft capital um, or big pieces of their team to get him right now with the risk being what it is. I absolutely agree. There's too much uncertainty. There's too much unknown. This all has been breaking over the last couple of weeks. It's come out little by little to get to this point. So I think right now it's definitely a red flag for teams. It definitely like halts most conversations, if not all. So honestly, in your opinion, I don't want to glaze over anything that's happened, but what do you think we can expect for 2021? Do we think he's playing on a team? Does he sit out in Houston? What do we think is going to be going on? I think this increases the chances for him to sit out, right? I think, um, I don't I don't see him playing for Houston unless something significantly changes with his relationship with that front office, which I don't necessarily know that this changes anything on his football career front besides maybe trade opportunities. But as far as it relates to his relationship with the Texans and that organization, I think that's still a pretty fractured relationship. So um, I think if anything, this maybe gives him more incentive to sit out and more incentive to just kind of let things take course. Um, again, we don't know how this is going to proceed and unfold. Yeah. And, and this could go a multitude of different directions. But I think 
regardless of what you know the truth is, regardless of what happens, I think he's going to stay in Houston probably even more likely than it was before, and it was already pretty likely. Um, but I also think that he might sit just so he can focus on getting this resolved um, as much as it can be resolved and and really kind of maybe getting things back on track. And, and we'll see what the Texans decide to do at quarterback. But I can't imagine a scenario where he plays. I think I really couldn't imagine that before this. And now I especially can't imagine yeah. it just because this puts um, a whole different, you know, pressure and a whole different focus on what he's dealing with right now. Um, And there were talks were heating up. I saw a lot about San Francisco and the Eagle. My Eagles were in conversations and I was getting very, very excited about the thought of all that. But as you just said, I think the best option for him right now, unless something comes out that just completely clears his name, you really should take this season, sit out, focus on your personal career, the personal lives of everybody affected right now and just get at that handled as much as it possibly can before you can kind of take next steps. And like we said, teams are not going to want to dive in and give up their entire future for a quarterback that has so much on the line. So just, it's going to take time and we're just going to kind of have to see how it plays out and where it unfolds. Yeah. And we are not um, experts on NFL legal proceedings or investigations or anything for that matter. So um, Lindsay Jones with the athletic wrote a really great article on this, um, either today or yesterday. And I really encourage anyone who isn't up to date with this information to go and read that article and what this situation is currently and what its implications could be going forward. But she is just, she's very knowledgeable. She's been covering these types of incidents for almost a decade now. So, um, I think that's probably the best place that we can send you, uh, for information on that, but yeah. let's, you know, not to <laughs> deny the gravity of that situation because yeah. it is so great. We just wanted to kind of address that up front. But let's dive into some of the free agents that are still on the board. Uh, some of the top guys, obviously, um, if you want to start first with a guy that's that you don't know why he's still on the board or you can explain to us why he's still on the board. I think. All right. So there's one that I've had my eye on for a while, and that is Eric Fisher from the Chiefs. I think the main reason that he is still on the board is because of his Achilles injury that he suffered and his age. I think it just shows a little bit of uncertainty. But we saw with Brooks on the Eagles, he was literally the same age and had the same injury, came out that next season, played every single game. I just don't think Achilles is very serious, but I think if you handle it right, it's one of those things that you can heal from and it doesn't change your game long term or it could, but it doesn't necessarily have to. And he is such a stud guy and I just love him. Like, I feel like he's one of those guys that comes to a team kind of brings a whole new energy. Um, So I would love to see him. The chiefs kind of got rid of their whole, they're resurfacing. They're doing whatever they have to do. So I would like to see him, him end up somewhere good, but I honestly think the one thing holding him back is the injury right now. Yeah, I would agree with you. I think, and it's weird too, because I think that I find him to be a player that I would probably ignore that. I, I wouldn't say ignore right? it, but I think maybe maybe try to make it work. Um, and there's a lot of players out there that are getting signed regardless of pretty serious injuries in their past, even yeah. last season. So I'm interested to see where he lands. Do you, I mean, I don't know. 
I can't even think. I love of- him. If the Eagles had money, I would be like, go get him right <laughs> now. We need someone like him. We can't afford him. I do think this is the time, though, for teams who are struggling with their O-line, with they have holes that they need to fill. He w- This would be a good time to go after him, though, because if nobody's – if nobody's done anything yet, he does have the injury. You might be able to get him for less than you originally would have. So this might be a time just sneak in and grab him. I yeah. like, I swear if the Eagles had one freaking penny to spend, this would be the guy to go after. But unfortunately we are so in the red. So that's no fun, but who do you still have your eye on? Oof, I've got a couple, but I would say Jadavion Clowney is the one that kind of yes. popped up today. Um, he visited the Browns today, which I think is fun because he they had interest in him you last like year. The Browns. I love the Browns. I <laughs> yeah, I love the Browns. I think they're very interesting. They're fun team to watch. Um, but you know they were very interested in him last year, and he ended up signing with the Titans. But I he didn't get a chance to meet them in person last year, which I think goes a long way in these deals. And I think we saw that you know, with a few people who have signed who had scheduled visits to other teams in the days following, and they ended up just missing out on those and signing a deal with the team that they met with first. So I think that is a huge, huge thing for not only Jadavion Clowney, but players in general. The Browns are really getting that opportunity to to get what they missed out on last year, right? Mm-hmm. And for them, like we talked about for a lot of these guys, the name of the game at this point in free agency is obviously getting a discount and getting a guy a little cheaper than you would. And um, his stock is down, right? Like his season last year wasn't great. He didn't record really silent. Like I really, Really? yeah, he didn't, he didn't execute. And I thought on the Titans, I thought that was going to be a good fit for him. Like I thought he was going to, be what we normally see from him. I was a little butthurt after because that was coming off the season that the whole Wentz injury happened and that was just painful for me. But he's an absolute beast. And for him to, like, you really didn't hear his name at all this season. Like, he was just there. So I'm hoping, I I could see him on the Browns. There is one thing I have to tell you, though. Oh, no. I don't know how you're going to feel about this. I don't Uh -uh. like the Browns that much. That's fine. You know, I have a soft spot. I wouldn't say that I like them. I just, I have a soft spot for them. Yeah. I have a friend that plays for them. I think, I think they've been really interesting to watch. I, My I, ju- is I just don't love Baker. Okay. I, I know. You're, I, you said it. <laughs> I, I, all right. Change. I, not my favorite person. Okay. Hot take. Hot take. This season, I, he started earning me back because my thing was with him. He's got a very strong personality. He does. Yeah. Very, very strong. He came out hot and then didn't look that hot. Yeah. And then didn't like lose the personality at all. And I was like, sir, I see you in every single commercial Mm -hmm. and you're not executing in the way that I think you should be. Yeah. So I was getting very frustrated this season. My sister's boyfriend who literally lives with me is going to kill me. He's like a diehard (laughs) Browns fan and I root against them like every week. I'm so sorry, Caden, if you're listening. Um, but I can see Damian Clowney fitting in there. I like what they're doing. Their offense is already great. So if they can start getting defensive pieces, I think that would be smart for them. I think it's fun. I just think it's fun. And here's the thing is I don't particularly like Jadavion Clowney. I'll just say that because he's a tough one. He's a tough person to like, especially he talked crap about, first of all, let me just preface this by saying, I don't like Blake Bortles. I didn't like him in Jacksonville. I didn't like the five years we had to deal with him, 
But it's kind of like when you have a sibling and you're like, I can bully this person, but you can't bully this person. It's kind of like that. It's kind of like if you talk poorly about Blake Bortles and you're not a Jaguars fan, I don't want to hear it because that's our person to talk crap about. So like, yeah, so he said something. He called Blake Bortles trash. We in turn as a fan base sent him trash cans to the Texans facility. Um, You know, it's fair. It's fair. Like he is trash. He's, he's trash. Call him trash now because he's not our trash. But I, <laughs> I don't particularly like him. The Titans are my least favorite team in this entire, entire league. I, I never want to see them succeed at anything. So him going from the trash-talking Houston Texan to the Titans of all places, I'm like, I can't possibly like you. But, no, right, but right now, like, I, I – the thing is, is I just think he'd be a great compliment there. I think with yeah. Miles Garrett on the other side of the line, I think that makes a lot of sense for them. Um, and it's probably a case of the Browns evaluating him a little bit more than the other way around, right? I think I think he had a knee injury, so I think this is a time where they want to see him in person as much as he wants to meet them in person. And I think mm-hmm. as long as all things check out, I, I could really see him landing there. But again, no no attachment to him as a player just very interesting that his name kind of bubbled up today and it is is quite interesting to see him still on free agency but I do think it has a lot to do with maybe what he wants price-wise and what he's worth um coming off of a bad season and a knee injury so yeah no and that's definitely going to play a factor another big name that I'm very surprised is still on free agency is Richard Sherman wild wild I, the fact that the 49ers haven't, especially now that like, there's no real talk about him going anywhere else. There is, I saw some stuff today that he is totally open to a reunion in Seattle. I saw that. I'm here for it. I am so here for it. And they need him desperately. Um, So that would be unreal. But the fact that the 49ers haven't just kind of like stepped up and been like, you know what? You're back. Like they, cause they've been moving pieces around too. So Especially with that big of a name, I would have thought someone would have just taken him just to take him, honestly, because he's one of those guys. He's a veteran player. He can mold young players like teams need that energy. I think he fits with the 49ers. I like him there. But if he's going to go anywhere, I would love to see him in Seattle. Yeah, I'm interested to know kind of why he is so dead set against staying in San Francisco. I mean, I don't know what they have in terms of cap. I, I really don't, but I do, I do know that he's hasn't been like the most supportive about the idea of staying with the 49ers. Yeah. So I don't know what that is. I don't know if that's an internal issue. Um, I, but in, like, I wonder if it was this season for that. It might, it might've been, they were like at a high. And then this season, like everything that you could possibly, like everything went wrong. Like they could not get it together and then players would come back and be healthy. And then they were injured again. Like it was so back and forth. And I bet they're feeling a little lost and a little unsure. And for him, he's getting towards the end of his career. He probably just wants to go somewhere that's kind of more complete. Um, So that might be why he's not totally set on going back. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, he's going to be 33. He yeah. has a history of injury. I, I, he's probably not going to play. I think I read something that he has never played for less than $8 million a season, which given his age, given the fact that the cap went down, given all of these factors, um, it seems like he's going to have to be willing to take a team-friendly deal yeah, and or just wait it out and hope that, you know, someone takes him at the price he wants. But I... 
I don't know if he'll end up in Seattle, but I do think that it's going to be a while before we see him go somewhere just because I do think he's going to try to raise that price tag probably higher than anyone's willing to spend on him. But he's really like one of the only top like 20 guys that is not doesn't have a home yet. So it's weird. It's weird. And like, I just feel like like Richard Sherman's a household name. Like he deserves a team. He deserves a good team. Like it's crazy. If he's not playing football, I don't know. It, there's a lot, but there's guys like that, right? Like, and I think I don't, Richard Sherman, another one that I had on my list was Sammy Watkins, very yes. much the same guy. Like, you can't imagine those two guys not in the league, not playing for a team, and it's just not the I time. Honestly, I can't imagine Sammy Watkins not on the Chiefs. Like, I just think he fits in so well there. Yeah. So, it's so weird. Where do you think he's going to end up? Well, it's weird because he visited the Ravens. Um, yeah. And then he went and visited the Colts. And it's kind of, it, it's a bad sign to leave Baltimore without a deal. Baltimore has been weird because they're a very receiver needy team and haven't made a lot of moves to get no. one. I think they were in talks for Juju, Kenny Galladay, but obviously missing they out on for both Juju of those. big money. Yeah. And he was like, no. No. I mean, I'm happy because I love him and I love the Steelers. So it was fine. He turned down money from, more money from, the Chiefs, more money from the Ravens just to stay in Pittsburgh. And I'm not going to lie to you. We'll derail from Sammy Watkins for a second okay. because I, I don't understand you this at all. Rant? Okay, continue. I, I do because I, you know, I claimed episode one that they are my second team. Yes. I claim them now as poor of a decision as that might have been. But <laughs> I don't really see how this suits either of them. Um, don't get me wrong. I love to see him in no. a Pittsburgh uniform. Yeah, I don't, I don't get it, right? Because I think this is just a move of, of I really do think that he loves that city, loves that fan base, loves that team, but I don't know that they have the same love for him as yeah. a player. And that makes me a little concerned. Absolutely, no. And that's, so when I say I love this, I love it just because you can see how much he loves it there. And yes. you know how much he loves his fans. And you know how much he loves to play for them. And, like, I love them. They're one of my backup teams. So from that, looking at it as actual X's and O's, it doesn't make any sense. Because no. he, like, they don't even utilize him in a way that he could be utilized. Like, his numbers, like, I remember fantasy this year. It was either all or nothing. Okay. and more of the time it was nothing because they have so many other options. And the second Claypool had a like quiet start. And then I think it was week four when he had that insane game and kind of put his name on the map. And you have so many other options that it kind of makes it hard. And when Juju isn't like a standout guy, like you kind of have to make, like you have to utilize him in a smart way. He's great. Don't get me wrong. But it's weird for them. And I literally think they were like, this is as much as we're going to give you. And you're either going to take it or leave it. And he just took it like wild. It's wild for someone that young. Um, But it it is, it's weird, right? Because I I think maybe his goal, at first I kind of thought maybe his goal was to spend another year in Pittsburgh, maybe increase his stock a little bit. Maybe free agency wasn't working out. But then when you look Mm -hmm. at what he was offered, like that doesn't make any sense because you can go play and get more play. And I think he was really used as like a distraction for, you know, Claypool, obviously yep. Deontay Johnson, other players that they have there, but um, wild. And I think, I think for him not to go to Baltimore is a mistake. I think the Ravens, um, you know, meeting with Sammy Watkins after all of this, that seems like the most ideal fit just mm-hmm. because 
you're looking at a team that's super receiver needy. The fact that they let, you know, multiple receivers walk out of their building without deals is quite Ooh, honestly guys. wild. Yeah. Good guys. Good guys. And they've been surprisingly slow. They they have money available to bring in a receiver or two. Um, they just haven't really done it. So, you know, I think this makes sense for Sammy Watkins in the sense that he seems very complimentary for like a Hollywood Brown. I think they yeah. would work in tandem really well. No, I, I think that. he's, but he's a number two, right? So you're still looking at, you still have to bring in a number one. So can you get Sammy Watkins on a team friendly deal to still have money to spend on a number one? He's familiar with the offensive coordinator, Greg Roman. He's familiar with Keith Williams, passing game coordinator. He's, he's got familiarity in that locker room and that staff, but um, you know, then he went on and visited the Colts. So uh, they just signed T Y Hilton back. So that's new. Um, But again, that doesn't necessarily mean they won't sign Sammy Watkins. They have, significantly more cap space in the Ravens. So for them to sign the number two. The last couple years, he hasn't been the TY that we're used to seeing. Now that you have Carson, which is still so freaking painful. I can't get over it. Um, Maybe they're just trying to see like what works best, especially they TY Hilton only got a one year deal. If you can get Sammy Watkins for a year and you can kind of test out what works and then take it from there. It's honestly smart on their end. But we'll see. The whole Juju thing definitely confuses me, especially because the Steelers went 11-0 and and then crumbled. They're obviously a good team. They have some things to work on. We talked about it already. Run game is something that they really need to focus on yeah. for them to take it to that next level. And, like, you can argue, like, maybe he just wanted to stay on the Steelers because they're so close. But then you look at the teams that offered him, the Ravens, the Chiefs. I mean, Eagles, you can't count them because – we're not good, but um, Ravens and Chiefs, those are complete teams or very good teams, at least for the Ravens. The Chiefs are the freaking Chiefs. So, like, I really don't understand the fact that he, like, turned down the opportunity to play with Patrick Mahomes. Wild. So really blows my mind. Wild. But- I'm, I don't know. I, I have no idea what the Steelers are doing. I'm just going to say that. Like, I don't really mm-hmm. understand their approach to free agency. I'm not – I don't get it. I think they're just trying to, like, live out their time with Ben Roethlisberger until they have the chance to really rebuild, but they're very unimpressive so far. Yeah, no, they haven't done anything. That's like really like genuinely made me excited for them. We'll see. We also solved the draft coming up. We'll see what they can do, what pieces they can get in the draft. They need a stud running back. They do. Sap Rocky. They do. Oh, here's a good segue. James Connor. Let's yeah. He, (laughs) Oof, a what like am I surprised he's still a free agent? No. No. Um, not at all. I think it's interesting because the teams that make the most sense to me for him are the Dolphins and the Jets. I think it's anytime a like top running back candidate comes up, I think both of those teams are in the conversation. Yeah. One, because of money. Um, they have plenty of it. And two, the fact that they're both running back needy teams. And I think you know, the only thing that might deter Miami is that, you know, they're sitting at number 18, right? So for them, you have a chance to get a Najee Harris. You have a chance to get a Travis Etienne. You have those chances to scoop up those top running backs in the draft. Same with the Jets. Like, they're not going to give away their number one for yeah. their uh, number two overall for that. They're going to bring in Justin Fields or Zach Wilson. So it's interesting because I think, Either of these teams make sense. I just, I, I don't know. But also, like, I don't know that the Steelers will 
I mean, they're not going to respect He And it sucks because when he's healthy, he can be very good. Caveat there. Yeah. Because he can't stay healthy. Yeah. So it's very, like, I wouldn't, honestly, if I, my team had the money to get him, and not even, like, my team, like the Eagles, like, if I was on a team and I had the money to get him, I would preferably find anybody else. Even if it was a guy that, like, talent-wise isn't as good, you just can't rely on him. And that's, it's very scary. Yeah. I, I think he... He's going to have to come with a discount, right? Like he's going to have to be a guy that you look for later down the line. I just don't know that any move is going to be made on him anytime soon. Um, but for good reason, I think either of these, like the Jets just have so much to work with in terms of one time, right? Like they have time to figure it out. They also need to really figure out their QB situation before really diving into what they want to do about running backs. But I think Miami is just, I I personally would take... Harris or Etienne over James Connor, and that's yeah, I would too. I would it, happily. Yeah, it's hard to say that you would spend money there. Um, I don't know. We'll see where he lands. I'm interested. I'm intrigued. He's piqued my interest, but that's okay. about it. I just don't trust him. I feel like he's gonna be. It's gonna be one of those signings where he's just gonna go to a team. I feel like he's gonna become an RB two and just kind of carry it out. But it's not gonna be. I mean, I hope it's something cool. Like, I hope he can go to a team and then stay healthy and be absolutely incredible and prove us all wrong. But I have a feeling it's going to be, you picture him as a stealer, can't stay healthy. He's going to go somewhere else and just do, honestly, I think it's like going to be decent. So yeah. we'll see what happens with him. Yeah, I would agree. Decent. Decent's a good word to describe him <laughs> to this point, um, as sad as that is, but Let's dive into state of the franchise. Yeah. You you want to start with your Eagles? We have oh, it's fun because I chose the Giants, she chose the Eagles, both for very good reason. Um so these aren't like we didn't plan this, but it's fun to have some NFC East discussion as well. Yes, because they especially with how much of a coin toss the NFC East is, it's going to be very interesting this season. So yes, I finally got to wear some Eagles gear. I can talk Ooh. about them a little bit. So at the end of last season, we saw um, crap hit the fan when we officially benched Carson, put in Jalen at like a very random moment. Um, Jalen became our starter. It was a lot of controversy. Everything was kind of all over the place. No one really knew what was happening. And we ever since the draft, when we got Jalen, there was kind of that feeling like no one knew what was going on. But there was still some consistency up until that moment. And then at the end of the season, when we had a chance to make playoffs, we had a chance to win games and we just weren't doing it. We were benching Jalen hurts for Nate Sudfeld, like nothing. We like, no, like I, the pure rage I felt like in that moment. And I like Nate Sudfeld. I have nothing against him. Seems like a very, very nice guy. But for the way that was handled, literally players had to be held back from attacking coaches. Like it was like out of a movie, like crazy drama. And that's when I was like, oh no, no, no. Because like, <laughs> so I knew, I knew it was over. And I was like, our organization is up in flames. So now free agency we're in flames. 
We have no money. There isn't really that much we can do. The first couple days of free agency, completely silent, like literally did nothing. And I was like, you know what? This is what I expected. Like there, there really isn't anything that we can even do here. But then we started to make some moves. We got Anthony Harris, which I think is the best move that we made. I was actually, it was the first move that we've made that I was like, okay. Like I saw, I got the notification and I was like, you know what? I like this. This is something I can get behind, especially since we just gave up Mills to the Patriots. Uh, not gave up Mills to the Patriots, but in free agency, we lost yeah. him to the Patriots. And then this week we got a, we got another safety. We got a defensive tackle, which we needed. But the big move that I'm actually excited about is quarterback Joe Flacco. He rode in on his white horse to save the Eagles franchise. Yes. And I need you to tell me why this is good for the Eagles because yes. I'm not yet feeling it. Okay, so it's honestly not great. I really want it. <laughs> it's good for us. So I wanted Marcus Mariota. I had this, like, I was caught in, like, this fever dream, whatever it's called, that Marcus Mariota was going to end up as the backup to Jalen Hurts. We were going to somehow make it happen. Obviously, it didn't happen. That would have been, like, best-case scenario for me. But just the fact that we got Joe Flacco – makes me believe that we are not going to take a quarterback with our sixth overall pick. And that is really the only silver lining here. Joe Flacco was a great quarterback for a very long time. Now I say we bring back up the word decent with age, with injury. I don't think he's going to be the kind of guy that like, if we need, he's not going to be Nick Foles. I don't think he's going to come in and absolutely save us if we need to, but he is decent. And if anything happened to Jalen, if we need him here and there, he will be there and he is reliable and he is fine, completely fine. The one thing that makes me nervous, I don't see him as much as like of a mentor for Jalen, just because their playing styles are so different. It's kind of like, I don't really know how they'll, um, collab together like I don't really and that's what Jalen needs right now like yeah. he needs someone that can kind of guide him a little bit but this makes me feel like the fact that we've gotten a lot of defensive not a lot but our three other free agency moves were defensive we got the backup quarterback it just makes me feel like heading into the draft and now we can get either a wide receiver or fingers crossed love of my life pits <laughs> i would sell my soul to have him on the eagles it would be the best day of my life if he is still there and we do not take him i am a dolphins fan <laughs> r.i.p jordan r.i.p me because i will disintegrate um so yeah so that is how i'm feeling i think the moves we've made Nothing big, nothing great. They're decent moves. I really like Anthony Harris. I like Joe Flacco just because heading into the draft, it makes me feel slightly more comfortable. And I think we're starting to kind of make some logical decisions. So it gives me hope. Okay. I'm glad you're hopeful. What do you see prediction-wise? So if they do go in and address their offensive mm -hmm. weapon needs in the draft, they make good drafting decisions. Jalen Hurts plays above average um, and they've addressed their defensive problems. What holes do you still see? And what what's, I guess, to be expected from them okay, this so, season? Yeah, so me being hopeful, let me make it very clear. My hopeful is like <laughs> six wins. 
And like, I would be thrilled. I would be so thrilled. It would make me the happiest person ever. Six wins come in. We do decent enough there. We are going to still have holes just because they're like our whole team just has vacancies, mainly at offensive line. Our defense is kind of crumbling. And the problem that we're having is we paid all all these guys big money and they all kind of hit their peak in our Super Bowl season. So we paid them. We got like caught in the hype. And now like in the nicest way possible, they're all old. We have a very old team and everyone seems to get hurt. Everyone seems to disintegrate at some point. So it just makes me super nervous. And when like the whole team is kind of on like that iffy offense, defense, like there are so many things to fill. Even if, even with these free agency moves, even if we draft well, there is like this draft isn't going to save us. Like it'll, it could get us a couple pieces here and there that get us through, but it's not going to come. When does a draft ever come in and just like be your saving grace immediately? Never, never. when we're this bad. So like I can be hopeful and I can hope that we get some pieces that start catalysting us into the right direction. I'm just not like set, like we're going to come in and we're going to look good. I think we're going to look fine. And that's like me. That's good. Yeah. I would be so happy with fine because this season was genuine. I turned off games and I was like, I'm done. I don't know who this team is. It's not mine. Like I don't claim them, (laughs) but um, so we'll see. We'll see. But Joe securing a backup quarterback, a veteran backup quarterback, that was kind of like a weight off my shoulders because if I have to, and like, even knowing us, we still might freaking take a quarterback at six because we have no we're idea done. what we're doing. We have no idea what we're doing. I swear everyone just panics. The Eagles get to the draft and they just panic and they don't talk to each other. Everyone's on a different page. The clock is running out of time. And they just pick someone. And that's how it's been for the last <laughs> couple of years. So we shall see. Pits. We shall Pits, pits, please. I, I can't support anyone from that college. So I'll, I'll let you enjoy him. <laughs> but uh, yeah, anyone from that school is a bust in my eyes. But yeah, it's interesting because this division is still so wide open, right? And I think it probably will stay that way. Um, I think so. Well. Yeah, I, I still don't know who's going to take it, right? And I think they've all sort of made some moves that I saw something that the Cowboys are again in Super Bowl conversation. And unless they like, I still don't see it. Even with that, I saw it was like a list of like favored teams and their odds. And the Cowboys were in like the top 10. And okay. I was like, this is absolutely ridiculous to me. Like we're way too excited about Zach Prescott. Like we're getting single year. We are too excited. excited. It's it's too much because what's happening is last year we went in and everyone's like, oh my god, the Cowboys. Like they're definitely going to the Super Bowl. And it's like even with Dak Prescott, we saw a lot of glaring holes on this roster and things that they need to fix on both sides of the ball. So it's pretty interesting that that's the consensus again. but again, like, I mean, I think Dak Prescott's huge. Paying yeah. him is important. But um, I'm interested to see how they address their other needs because they've been pretty quiet. Yeah. Um, I mean, I get it. They don't have a lot of money, I'm sure. But it is just... <laughs> um, pay Dak, so they have nothing left. <laughs> yeah. It's just very, very strange. So I, I'm, not, I'm not in on them. And then no. you have... Yeah, and we'll use this as a transition into the Giants. I... 
this is a whole thing where they've signed a bajillion people in the last week or so. Um, and this year is definitely going to serve as an evaluation year for Daniel Jones. I think they've really yet to see what he's capable of with weapons around him with a decent team. Obviously, last year he lost Saquon Barkley, lost Sterling mm-hmm. Shepard here and there throughout the year with a turf toe situation. So I think we've seen flashes here and there over his two season career that might suggest he's capable of being a franchise quarterback. Um, but it's really hard to say that that's such a strong statement yeah. given what we've seen from him and and the circumstances he's been in. So I think they said they wanted to get the offense back on track and I think they're making the steps, right? You get a quarterback that you believe in, you get an offensive coordinator you believe in and whether Jason Garrett's that guy or not, they believe in him. And this is going to be Jones's second year with Jason Garrett. And that tends to lend to better results for quarterbacks that are actually capable when they are in the second year of a system. Um, We saw it with Aaron Rodgers, So I think that could translate. Um, But I think this offensive line is still a huge concern. And I think you can bring in all of these guys, you can bring in a lot of offensive weapons, but unless Daniel Jones can take a breath and step back into the pocket and really get the ball down the field, I think it's going to be, um, not much impact. Uh, And I I think it's interesting because it seems like they're taking a very like win now approach, right? Like Joe Judge is like, we need to win games. Because I I think if they don't, they're like, people are going to be fired. Yeah, no doubt. And so I think it's kind of like pressure's on. Let's do whatever we have to do right now. 100%. People, not only will players be on their way out, but staff will be on their way out. So I think um, that's... A, a huge factor. But what's what I like about his approach is it's not just win now, it's win now and then continue to win more over the next few years because they've signed not like one year deals. They've signed long deals for a lot of money. And I think and they've made the right moves, right? So the most recent being Kyle Rudolph, we were pretty heartbroken. Obviously, it's going to be weird to see him um, in a completely different uniform for the first time in his career. But for the Giants, uh, I know I still love him no matter what. But that's tough. It is also very interesting because I didn't really think of this team as a huge like big on culture um, kind of team because you just don't see that from the outside. But mm-hmm. he spoke incredibly high this organization specifically joe judge so i think that's a really good sign of where this team's going over the next one two and three years i think he passed on like 10 or more other teams to go to new york um not because of money just because he believes in what they're doing yeah as a program he likes them um he gets to serve as a compliment to evan ingram they're both pass catching you know tight ends but also he's been moved into really a blocking role lately so that's going to help Daniel Jones a ton it's going to help Saquon Barkley a ton you know they signed Kenny Galladay to a four-year 72 million dollar mm-hmm. deal my god um, Giants Twitter when like that deal was, in the works, was scary I was like I need to get off Giants fans were going nuts and they were like if they don't sign him by today the second they signed him literally I was like thank god because like I don't want to be near any Giants fans because they wanted him so bad yeah and like it was still there were other teams in the works like you didn't know what was going to happen and I was like oh my god please do it like honestly it's scary uh, for me but that needed to happen or Giants fans would explode yeah I mean they really would have and and to be fair to them he's like the he's a perfect puzzle piece for yes. what they have going on like he you honestly probably couldn't pair him with a better quarterback 
that's available right now. Um, and then you've got Slayton, who is just a fast guy. You've got a Sterling. If Sterling Shepard's healthy, fantastic guy in the slot. Yeah. And then you've got Galladay, who's just your big middle of the field type of receiver. And so they complement each other so, so well. He's going to be one of those guys that gives Daniel Jones a break. He's going to be a consistent guy for him to count on. And that's really good for him. Um, then you got a Dory Jackson. Love this move. I just think it's fun because this is one of those ones where he signed with the Giants after visiting, was supposed to go to the Eagles the next day, um, didn't make it. So he's going to play a huge role in special teams as well. And then re-signing Leonard Williams for three years. I just think when you look at these three, four, two-year deals, it just speaks really highly of what they have going on in the facility where people want to stay there. They want to come there and they want to be part of your offense and your defense for two or three years down the line, which is a huge chunk of your career in the NFL. Yeah. So I think it's interesting, right? Like Leonard Williams filed a grievance last year about his franchise tag saying it was misassigned and he didn't get as much money as he should have. He's since dropped that. And I think it's really interesting because it just speaks volumes on how they handle their player interactions, how they manage their players and how they are really able to kind of get people on board and believe in what they're doing there. So not one that I would have necessarily pinged as a big culture destination, but I think that's what we're starting to see with these big names going there. Um, there's a lot of teams that would have paid these guys a lot of money. So I think it goes beyond that, um, which is nice, right? I think yeah. we need more of that. And I think I've said this before, but I think any team that gets their culture in a good place is going to become a destination. We've seen it happen in Buffalo. We've seen it happen in Miami. And I think that's going to continue to be the case. Um, now, as far as can they win, I think that I think they're in a great position to take this division. But again, they have to address their offensive line. So yeah. I have no idea if this team doesn't address it. It doesn't matter how many people you have back there, but it doesn't really seem like they're a team that's going to pay for a big veteran offensive lineman. It, so I, I would assume that that's going to be the holes they fill in the draft. I, I imagine that will be their number one overall pick at number 11 is going to be somebody to reinforce their offensive line. But if they can do that and develop young talent, it's it's going to be fun to watch them this year. And I think they're going to have a really straight line to that division championship. Now, again, I, I don't see them. They're not going to a Super Bowl. Let's not even put that in the conversation but it's but not hard to win the nfc east <laughs> it's not it's not but it would go a long way with reinsuring their players reinsuring their front office staff keeping people in jobs so they can see what they're capable of um because i i think the nfl can get a little impatient at times and i want to see daniel jones one good year because i do think i i think back to the day he was drafted and how disrespectful giants fans were to him and I do yeah, want to sure. see him succeed just so he can be like yeah what but at the same time who knows they literally it was so funny when they drafted him I literally looked and I was like they just cloned Eli and they like that is like even the way he dresses the way he walks like <laughs> they were literally like this worked for so long let's just get another one and that's exactly what they did with him and the Giants going into last season, never, it scared me. Washington never, like, I thought our not only competition was Dallas. Yeah. And then towards the end of last season, 
this Giants started getting it together. Like yeah. they almost beat the Bucks. Yeah. Like they yeah. Were, I, remember, I was working at the bar and the game was on and I literally was at my tables and I was like, you're going to have to give me one second here because I was like, what the heck is going on? They were in that game. They lost, but they were in that game until the very end and had opportunities to take it. So yeah. that's when I was like, oh crap, are they starting to turn into like the real deal? And you kind of saw their momentum picking up towards the end of the season. And now with the moves they're making, Saquon, if they can keep Saquon healthy, if they can keep Sterling yeah. healthy, those are like huge components. And like we said, they need to fix their offensive line. They need something. And they like went for that in the draft last year, but not in a way, like I remember the guy they took, I was like, who? Like I didn't yeah. know, like, it wasn't a, the smartest move that they could have made. They tried. They were in the right, they were getting warmer, but they weren't completely there. So if they can get that this time around, it puts them in a very good spot and it makes me nervous to go against them. And honestly, the Eagles, I never would have thought last season that my base competition would have been Washington and the Giants because that's, I just never expected it. Washington no. was a hot, hot mess before Ron Rivera and the Giants were like just duds before so it makes me very, very nervous, but I do like from an outside standpoint, just unbiased looking at everything they're doing. They are doing all of the right things. So that's good for them. Yeah. I mean, they are, they are. And I think it'll be interesting. I, all these teams in this division will be interesting um, just to see how they develop. Cause I do think it'll be a different story for each of them. And that story might not necessarily be better or worse. Um, it just is going to be different. They're all changing pretty rapidly, but, but yeah, I, they did an incredible job really exposing the Buccaneers weaknesses. And I'm surprised that no team after them really were, was able to do the same because they really oh. exposed a lot of things that teams just failed to expose later yes. on in the season. And it was the Giants. And one of my best friends at work is a Giants fan. And she just kept looking at me and she was like, Jordan, we're going to do this. And she was so disappointed. But at the end of the day, they were able to get that close against the yeah. team that went on to defeat the reigning Super Bowl champions and take home the Lombardi. So if they can get that close with that team, and now you're making all other moves smart moves to improve your roster it makes me very nervous and now we know people like playing there which is just yeah. like a wild thing so no <laughs> it's uh not a good sign for anyone else no no it's making me extremely nervous because we've talked about this before on here yeah when players like when there is that good culture and when players like playing and there is that camaraderie, that's what takes a decent team to the next level. And I honestly believe that's what won the Eagles are super. We had no business winning that Super Bowl that year. Yeah. And literally, it was we had this mentality and it can take you and skyrocket you to places that you have no business being in. So if they're starting to like full on make this perfect little team and if coaching staff works, if everything works, if everyone's growing kind of together, because they're just kind of molding it together as they go, um, yeah, no, it's not going to look good for the rest of the NFC East. Yeah, it's concerning. I mean, look, I just, I I feel like we're in the same boat where I'd be happy if my team got six wins. Yes. <laughs> like, no, we, let's just win games. Yes, at all. let's just get a couple. You know, I'm not asking. And like, 
my expectations last season were on the floor and they didn't even meet that. So um, it's going to be fun. Yeah. I don't know why I put my hopes up. I'm not getting my hopes up either, but I'm just watching this unfold and I'm like, I've gotten excited about a few moves, um, <laughs> but it's, I'm much more enjoying watching other teams do yep. free agency because I think it has no real, I don't want to say it has no impact on me because obviously in the AFC South it does, but for the most part, like the big name teams that are making moves have no impact on me. So it's a, it's a lot of fun to watch them do yeah. it and, and watch guys <laughs> end up in new uniforms. And I feel like this year has been especially crazy. So um, a fun thing to be a part of. And now obviously with free agency kind of winding down, we'll talk more about draft picks later in yeah. the we are what like a month and a week out yeah. from the draft, a little under a month and a week out from the draft. So it's creeping up. Yeah. We're uh it'll be fun. We'll have we'll try to get some good draft talk in, maybe get some like mock scenarios in. But yes. but uh, yeah, I mean it's coming fast and I can't complain because I'm ready for it to be back. I'm ready to like watch camp. Like I don't, I don't even need to watch a game yet. I just want to see like inside camp where they just like follow teams around doing nothing all day. And I just have it on my TV for seven hours straight. It just gets me so excited. And I like to see it kind of gets like the gears working and it's like, all right, what are they cooking up? What can we expect? And usually I'm wrong because especially this season, this season, when I tell you, took me for an absolute whirlwind. And I think now going into 2021, especially with how many teams have changed and seeing all these different guys playing on a new team, a lot of them for the first time, it's you don't know what to expect. There is so much unknown, but I think that's what makes it so exciting right now. And that's kind of NFL has a long offseason, but it makes it exciting because there's like so much anticipation. There's so much that goes down from the time Super Bowl happens to week one. Yeah, it's fun. It's it's interesting because last year, I think we didn't really know. Like it took a long time for teams to get settled in because we didn't have preseason. They didn't have general, typical, physical OTAs. So there were a lot of things that we just were unknowns until like week four, five, six. Whereas this season, like they're going back to OTAs in person. They're going yeah. back to what we can assume is almost a normal camp. And then eventually going to play three weeks of preseason and probably have an additional week tagged on to the regular season. So there's a lot of things that we're going to have a better grasp on, but I think it's kind of like almost outweighed by the fact that so many people are moving around and that could take us all for a loop that we don't expect halfway into the season. So I don't know. It's fun. I mean, I'm not complaining about it because I am tired of the era of just like, here's the three teams that run the NFL and yeah. no one else can have a chance. And I think we're changing that. So I, I, I'm looking forward to this season for sure. Absolutely. I like all of the craziness. It's definitely kept me on my toes and it does. It just adds that level of excitement of, because there are so many teams, especially like even with playoffs, I was very nervous. The new playoff structure. Yeah. I was scared. I was going to hate it. And I honestly didn't. I liked it. I did too. Like I thought it was cool. And like, especially like the AFC was pretty kind of set in stone minus a couple teams. The Ravens snuck their way in there. But for the NFC, it was literally like the entire thing could have changed like the week before playoffs yeah. were actually starting. It was so I loved everything about it. I thought it was awesome. Yeah. And I feel like the off chance that like a really underqualified team sneaks into the playoffs. It's like what 
okay and like yeah. so, you, so I, I just feel like once there's it's playoff time even if your team has no business being there it's gonna be a game right and I think that's kind of what we saw like with Washington is just the I, fact that's of what I was gonna say yeah like and they were super fun to watch and not only that but like had you know I mean they put up a fight like they made they did some exposing of them the, their own on the Buccaneers and I yeah. think it's interesting that if a few things didn't come together for the Bucks, like that could have been their ticket out of the playoffs, which is I really, know. really interesting. So I think if like one team gets in here and there and maybe they don't have any business being there, like, okay, like, I don't know. It could still be fun. Like yes. this, it could be more of like a March Madness kind of vibe than maybe we had before. So, you know, because Taylor Heineke gave Tom Brady a whooping that Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers could not give him. Yeah. So it's craziness. It's fun. It's fun. Mm. But uh, so, so many things to talk about. I'm excited that we have actual, like every week we're kind of like, we have too much content. Yes. Coming we have to narrow it down. And it's like, all right, what are we going to talk about this week? It's a good problem to have, but uh, do you have, to have, you got anything before we get out? Thanks. So I think we just got to see where this week, every time I like have expectations, we always end the show and I'm like, all right, what can we talk about next week? It never ends up being anything that I think is going to happen just because nope. There are so many things that go down in between. So we'll just see where the week takes us. See what news breaks this week's. Yeah, we will see. But thank you guys for listening. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram. Twitter is Onside Chicks Pod. Instagram is Onside Chicks along with everywhere else, Twitch and YouTube. Make sure to subscribe. We are now on Apple. We got it sorted out. So please subscribe. Yes, please subscribe to Apple. Rate, review, all of those good things. And we will see you guys next Wednesday. Bye. Bye.